I believe that there's a God in heaven that wants to bless us. But because of things that we think and ways that we act, He withholds them from us. And it didn't have to be that way. He says, we have not because we ask not. And sometimes we don't ask the Lord for the things that we want and need and God would have given, but we didn't ask. Or we didn't meet the criteria. We didn't do what God wanted us to do. And so there's a price that we pay. And that's why I want the blessings of God upon my life. And so should you. So we know that this day is coming. I know that if I rebel against the Lord, I know that my heavenly Father, according to His Word, has to chasten and discipline me. So I know that I'm not here to live as I please, but for the one who died for me and came back again from the dead. When we leave this world, we're going to a place called the judgment seat of Christ. That is a rewarding stand where God is going to reward us for the things that we've done. Look there in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and look in verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and look in verse 10. Every Christian needs to understand that there is going to be a judgment of the believer's works. So every believer is going to stand at the rewarding stand, the bema. It's a judgment. Not that we're going to be judged and have to pay a price, but to see what you could have had. To see what rewards God is going to give to you. To see how you're going to serve the Lord in the, the kingdom upon the earth. You see, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. So there's things God has prepared for them that love Him. And that means that there's some things that because people don't love the Lord, they're not going to get. So you're the one that decides for all eternity some of the things you're going to have and be able to do. You say, well, I don't see it and I don't understand it and it don't make any sense to me. I'm living for right now and do whatever I want to do. Okay, go ahead. But payday's coming. You're going to pay for that attitude. There's a price to pay for it. It's not going to come cheap. And that's why the Bible says that God is going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. That doesn't take place upon the earth. That takes place when we're with the Lord. There's going to be a lot of grief with God's people when they see what they could have had or how they could have served the Lord and what position for eternity. That's why he says lay up treasure in heaven where you can't lose it. And yet there's God's children that think it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Everything matters. But nobody can make you love God. Nobody can make you serve the Lord. Nobody can make you real and genuine. You can be as hypocritical as you choose to be. You can fool everybody in this whole church. But the one that matters, you can't fool him. You can fool me. But I'm not the one that's going to reward you. I'm not going to give you any positions. When we get up there, I'm not doing anything for you and you're not doing anything for me. He's going to give you what you have earned, what you deserve. Getting there is by grace. What you have when you get there, you have to earn it. You have to deserve it. And if you don't deserve it, you're not going to get it. 
rewards are earned. Salvation is a gift. It's free. Always keep salvation and service separate. Salvation is what Christ did for me. Service is what I do for Him. And so there's this judgment. Look there in verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The Lord says we're going to appear there. He also talks about when the rapture takes place, we're going to disappear here in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. So we're going to disappear and appear. You know, I can't wait to be able to do that. I wish I could do it now. I'd love to be standing up here right now and all of a sudden, hey, let me show you a trick. Where do you go? Where do you go? There's truths found in the Word of God, and He says this, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, that means in this life, in this body, according to that he hath done. You can't cut it any other way. And this is the judgment seat of Christ. This is in heaven. This is for every Christian. You're going to be rewarded when you get to heaven for what you've done in this body. And if you don't think it matters, do whatever you want. I'm greedy. I want all I can get. I want whatever God has for me. I want all the blessings I can get now. And I want all the rewards I can get when I get to heaven. Now I can want all that and desire all that because God told me in His Word. But I would serve the Lord if I had not one blessing here and not one reward there. I'd want to tell people about this ministry of reconciliation. I have enjoyed for the last 40 something years telling people how to have eternal life. I haven't found anything in this whole world better to do with my life than that. There isn't anything better that a man can ever do and tell people how to have eternal life. And I know that when I get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of people in heaven because they heard the gospel through my lips. They heard me. I opened my big mouth and I said something and they heard, they understood, and they trusted Christ as their Savior. You say, you're supposed to do it. You're a preacher. I became a preacher because I was doing that. I don't preach because, you know, it's just something I decided I'm going to do. I wound up doing this because I was a soul winner before. Anybody can do it. Just some people won't do it. But God hasn't called me. Yes, He has. You just won't obey. You just don't want to do it. You might be scared. Did you know if you let the fear stop you, it's costing Every time you and I fail to do what God wants us to do, then there's a price to pay. But if we'll serve the Lord, we serve the Lord. Ka-ching. You're making an investment. Did you know the best investment you can ever make is in the souls of people? Because you see, when we get to heaven and you see the people that are reached because of your investment. Some people are like investing in all the stuff that goes on in the world. And you can do some of that. But I would hate to think that's where all my money ever went. I've always put mine in the people, in people, in people, because I want to see the results of what happens in people's lives. I want people to serve the Lord. So it's very important. You are going to have to give an account to the Lord, just like I am. Now the next thing I want you to see is this. This is a judgment right here. Seven-year tribulation period, this is where God is going to judge the world. Number one, Israel in particular. 
Israel rejected the Messiah. And they did not know the day of God's visitation when God came to the earth like he promised. Emmanuel, God with us. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Jesus Christ tabernacled among men. And he was God in the flesh. And he came just like he had promised that he was going to come. But Israel rejected him. And because of that, Israel has gone into all the nations of the world. And so God has used the nations of the world to beat upon Israel all these years. And the world today is turning against Israel. God is allowing that to take place. He says in the book of Zechariah chapter 12, he says, and I will gather all nations against Jerusalem. In chapter 14, talk about, and I will gather all nations against Jerusalem. And Jerusalem will be a burdensome stone unto all the nations round about. And it is. Every president seems to have trouble with the nation of Israel. But you see, Israel wouldn't bother anybody if they just left Israel alone. But Israel has to keep defending themselves. Because you see, if they don't defend themselves, they're annihilated. As a people. But God has promised He'll always have a remnant. There'll always be a seed. And one day, that little seed is going to grow and be the greatest nation in the face of the earth. That day is coming. And I believe that we're living at a time where, yes, there's a few nations that would like to see Israel totally destroyed. And one of these days I'll teach a class on the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39. When it talks about Russia, it talks about Libya and in Ethiopia, it talks about Iran, it talks about how they're going to join together in a coalition and they're going to come down against Israel. But we're living at some very interesting times. Did you know, I don't believe they're going to do that unless they can see that we're tied up in so many other places or something happens to America. Do you know if we get involved in a little war like over there in oh, South Korea, and North Korea, you know, we get involved there, and we're in Afghanistan, and we're over. And you know, it wouldn't take a few other hot spots. And it's, you know, uh, some some big country could just take care of us. Wouldn't take much. Now, if I was president, I already know how I'd deal with some of the situation. That's why I'm not the president. But you remember this, and somebody's already suggested this, that we want Obama to be a dictator. That came up. Somebody wants Obama to to be a dictator. Then he could get things done. He can't get anything done because those Republicans are kind of keeping from doing what he needs to get done. But he, he was a dictator. You know, you've got to wait until you have martial law. And then you can't have martial law until you have civil unrest. And so it wouldn't surprise me that there's those going to be stoking the fires to produce civil unrest so they can declare martial law. And all of our rights and everything we have will totally be suspended. And buddy, we're not far from something like this. And it can happen just that quick. We're, we're living at the closing days. We believe that Christ could come back at any moment. But there's going to be this great judgment of seven years upon the nation of Israel and upon this world. The last three and a half years in particular is going to be the call the great tribulation. And there's a judgment that's coming. Now, take your Bible, look in Matthew chapter 25. Book of Matthew and chapter 25. 
when Jesus Christ comes back again to the earth, the Bible tells us that there is going to be the judgment of the nations. Judgment of the nations, Matthew chapter 25. And look there in verse 31. When the Son of Man, Christ, shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. Look up here. When Jesus Christ comes back in glory, every eye will be able to see Him. This is after the tribulation period. This is only seven years long. This, if Christ came back now, this would be seven years from now. That's not far away, is it? Christ comes back to the earth and He sets up a judgment of the nations. And those people that have trusted Christ as their Savior will go into the millennium. And those that have not, those are the goats, and they're cast into the lake of fire. Everlasting destruction. Look in Matthew chapter 25. Look at this. In verse 32, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on the left. Then shall the king, Christ, say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is the kingdom. He comes back here. There's a judgment of all these nations that came against Israel and individually those sheep can go into the millennium and I wonder what happens to the goat. And he says here in verse 34, those that had been blessed of the Father come into the king to prepare him. And he says a bunch of things that we won't get into that right now. Uh, then look in verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, talking about Israel, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angel. And now look down there in verse 45. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And I'll explain that later when we go through the book of Matthew. But right now, verse 47, These, on the left, the goats, shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So that is a judgment of the nations that takes place right here when Christ comes back at the beginning of the millennium. So only saved people go into the millennium. Later on, yet they'll have children, and their children will have to be saved. So maybe our soul winning days won't be over. But won't that be something to be upon the earth a thousand years in glorified bodies? Glorified bodies. That's what I'm going to have. To appear and disappear, I'll have a body just like the Lord's. And we're going to rule and reign with the Lord, and there's still people upon the earth that haven't trusted Christ as Savior. David's going to be here. Jesus is going to be here. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're all going to be there. Noah, all of them, you're going to see them all. They're going to all be right here. And I don't think there's going to be a pollution problem. Nobody talking about you. Yeah, you were overcrowded. 
Do you know you can take all the people in the whole United States and all the world and put them all in Jacksonville, Florida? All the people in all the world can fit in one place. But now if you listen to the environmentalists, ah, too many people got to kill them. You know, it's not going to be long before. You know how they're going to solve a lot of this year health care problem? Us old folks. Uh, Y'all old folks. <laughs> will have a duty to die. That's one way of eliminating a lot of problems. Just snuff you out. They're cutting their own throat, but then nobody ever said they were bright. And then the great judgment upon the earth. That day is coming. See, payday someday. You and I who know Christ as Savior, we're going to get paid when we get here. We're going to get paid. Can you believe it and can you be patient until then? Can you be faithful? Even though it seems like everything is falling apart, just stay faithful. Just keep serving the Lord. Keep doing right. Because it will be worth it all and God is going to make it worth your while. And you don't have any idea because you can't see it. God didn't tell us everything. Just give us little bits and pieces of it. It takes the wisdom of God not only to say what He does say, but what not to say. I'm glad God don't tell us everything. I'm glad I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. Might scare me to death. I may not want to go to bed tonight. But we all know that we're going to rule and reign with Christ a thousand years, like in the Garden of Eden. And then the great white throne judgment where all the lost are going to have their payday. He said, well, people treat me wrong and get away with it, and I'm going to get even with them. You don't, no, wait, 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 wait. There's somebody that's keeping the books, and they know all the facts in the case concerning every individual. You don't have to take vengeance. God will take care of things. Just be patient. You just keep doing what you're supposed to do. You don't have to get mad and ugly at anybody. Why? Because God will take care of that. Every person who gets mean and ugly and does you wrong, it's costing them. It's costing them. There's a price to pay. You see, we can't live as we please and just get away with it. Nobody does. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost. And the Bible also tells us in the book of Jude that we're going to judge the angels. Now that really knocked my socks off when I heard that. We are going to judge the angels. And there's angels that God has put in the chains of darkness waiting for the day of judgment. And how are we going to do that? I don't know. I don't care. But because God said it, I believe it. And how and why? I don't know. I don't really care again. But I believe the book is true. And if you're here this morning and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, you don't get away with it just because I, well, I don't believe it. It's still true. And let me just mention this to you before I close. If you do not believe that there is a God, that's your privilege. But nobody can make you believe something. And everything that I'm talking about is because I do believe it. I believe there's a God. But if you do not believe that there is a God, then you ought to be able to satisfy your mind with some kind of evidence to prove that there is no God. I often have people say, prove to me there's a God. Prove to me there isn't. I'm not on the defensive. Defend your position. 
prove that there is no God. To do so, you need to know everything there is to know. Because if there's anything that you don't know, it might be the knowledge of God. Duh. So do you, at this point in your life, know everything that there is to know? Is there anything that you don't know? It could be the knowledge of God. You ought to also be able to go everywhere all at the same time. Because if there's any place that you can't go at the same time, it might be where God is. So can you literally in reality and truthfully say there is no God? Because can you be everywhere to know God isn't there? No, you can't really do that. You see, you don't have any evidence that God does not exist. Because you can't prove God does not exist. You'd also have to have the power to know everything, to be everywhere, all at the same time. To be able to intellectually state that you know there is no God. So since you can't really prove that, you really don't know that God does not exist. I believe that He does exist. And I believe that everything that I said, I believe it is the truth. And that we're living in the most exciting time in all of human history. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I would highly recommend it. Because not to trust Christ as your Savior means that you will spend an eternity separated from God in a place called Gehenna. The final lake of fire for all eternity. Forever dying and never die. Now, I really don't want to go there. And the reason I trusted Christ as my Savior 49 years ago is because I wanted fire insurance. I did not want to go. But see, this fire insurance has already, the premium has been paid. All you got to do is accept the payment. And you, you don't have to worry about it. I've never had to worry about it since. See, I got insurance. He says, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. That means with the Lord. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I already know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the holy city. That's what, that's what he promised. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I don't have to die for it down here. There's no real security in this world. Except what God promises. And what God promises, it's true. And it's real. Look up there. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. Now, we all have sin on us. I was always under the impression, good little boys went to heaven, and bad little boys went to hell. But I didn't know any good little boys. They were all bad. Girls, too. But God says that uh, He loves us. Hates what we did wrong. This, this is sins. It's all the things we've done against God. How many things do you have to do against God to go to hell? One. One sin. And everybody in here has sinned. We've all lied. Probably stole. We don't want to go any further than that. But God loves us. He loves you. And for you to pay for that sin, me to pay for that sin, is death and hell, eternal separation from God. See, we earned the right to go to hell. We earned it. It's the wages of sin is death. 
That means you earn the right to go there. But no man has ever earned the right to go to heaven. Because you've got to be perfect to go there. You just have to be a sinner to go there. So God says that He loves us and He wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God and none of us are. So Christ says you can't earn it, you can't work for it, you can't buy it. Eternal life is a gift. It's free. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ took our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And He said that if we would believe that He did it for us, He'd put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what He did. See, I don't earn it. You don't earn it. It's free. It's a gift. Going to heaven is free. Anybody can have it. Whosoever will may come. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now whosoever, anybody, whosoever, believe it. That's all you got to do. Believe He did it for you. Should not perish. It means you won't go to hell. But have everlasting life means you get to go to heaven whenever you die. So 49 years ago in a little old living room in Athens, Georgia, I believe that Jesus Christ paid for mine. Would you believe He paid for yours? And if you will, then God said He would give you as a free gift. Eternal life. You go to heaven on what He did. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just talk to the Lord right now and say something simple like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I will trust Jesus Christ right now as my Savior, as my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, if you're making that decision, I would love to know it. I'd love to have prayer for you. But I don't want to embarrass you or put you on the spot in any way. So I do this with heads bowed and eyes closed because, see, nobody else sees, nobody else knows. Yes, I'm looking. I want to know. But I want to know if you'll trust Christ right now as your Savior. And if you will, if you've never done it before, but you'll do it this morning, say, Preacher, that made sense to me. And I believe He did it for me, and I'm trusting Him right now as my Savior. If you've already done it before, you don't have to do it again. But right now, I will trust Christ as my Savior, and I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is anyone gone? Then we go. Just slip it up real quick and put it right back down. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. Understand how we live is important, and how we live does affect eternity. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together, for the truth of your word. Bless each one. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.